Welcome to Depth and Candor, the podcast that explores how changemakers of color define and live out their purpose through their careers, side hustles, and entrepreneurial contributions. I'm your host, Hiwate Gitana, and I'm so thrilled to take you with me as I talk to incredible innovators about what it really takes to do impactful work and live a life you love. Today, we're doing something really different on this podcast. We generally talk to people and hear their stories, and we see what kinds of nuggets we want to take away and implement in our own lives. But today, we have a super actionable podcast for you about how to transform your goals with one of my closest friends and the person I often jokingly call my life coach, but she kind of is though. (laughs) Her name is Morgan Courtney, and she has inspired me in so many ways, too many ways to count. You'll hear me say this in the episode, but she's been part of most of my big life moments. I talked to her when I was afraid I wasn't smart enough to get into Hopkins, when I struggled with my weight, when I wanted to get in the best shape of my life, when I considered running a marathon, and even when I wanted to negotiate for $20,000 more than what I was being offered when I started a new job last year. Morgan and I went to college together, and It's been almost 10 years and I still feel so close and so connected to her, even though we live, I live in New York, she lives in North Carolina now, but she was living in Indiana for a while. I just feel like she is a sister and uh, someone who was brought into my life to teach me how to get to the vision that I had in my head, how to actually make that actionable and how to make it a reality. Morgan studied mechanical engineering in college, and she still works in that field as an engineering manager. But since y'all know me, I'm the queen of finding the things that light you up, she'd often talk to me about the other careers that she would think about trying out. And this year, that career came into clear view for her. Morgan is transitioning into becoming a coach that helps people build great habits that improve their lives. This summer, Morgan did a challenge called 75 Hard, where for 75 straight days, she was on point with her diet, her exercise, and she would read 10 pages every single day from some sort of self-improvement or self-development book. When I watched her transform both physically and mentally, I was so inspired to do something like that for myself. So this past July, we started the Wealth and Wellness Challenge, where for 31 days, we challenged ourselves to choose a wealth goal and a wellness goal and to do that consistently for 31 straight days. Guess what? My health goal was to lose four pounds, which I did, and I actually eventually ended up losing 20 pounds this year overall, and my wealth goal was to get a contracting gig that let me work from wherever. I wanted to quit my job and do that and to build my own business, which I also did. This is how I'm working as a podcast producer part of the time for other podcasts, and I'm building Depth and Candor into a business these days, which is so cool. Starting in August, we opened the challenge up to people and we've had over 50 people go through the challenge. And each month it's so fun because we have a new group of people or you know, a few people have done it more than once. And these people are together working on their goals and we're all in one WhatsApp group together. And we've seen some really, really cool results. Take a listen to what a couple of our challenge participants have to say. 
Hi, my name is Alexis Campbell. My name is Natalie. Hi, my name is Ida Bazaba, and I participated in the Wealth and Wellness Challenge in October. It was such a good way to bring awareness to my current habits and what might be holding me back. I did the Wealth and Wellness Challenge in September and in October. And listen, if you were to tell me six months ago that I would be the type of person that wakes up consistently at 6 a.m. to make it to the gym before work, I would straight up laugh in your face. But this challenge helped me unlock some abilities I didn't even know I had. The challenge changes you because it kind of identifies your weak spots. It just helped me focus a little bit on what my real goals are, what the root of those goals are, and what are the things, the key things that are going to, you know, make me successful. There were definitely days where, you know, I'd want to avoid the challenge or not think about it. But, you know, I'd see all those texts going off in the group chat. And it was just such a good reminder to keep pushing and really created such a community of support. This challenge for sure transformed my life. And I know it can do the same for just about anyone who's willing to commit to it. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about how Morgan transformed her life this year, and she's going to give us the five steps we can all take to uplevel our wealth and our wellness this coming decade. To be honest with you, the steps that she takes for setting goals works for whatever. I just, I love the idea of pairing your wealth goals with your wellness goals together because I, in my mind, they are really similar and the way you go about achieving them is actually the same. So 2020 is around the corner, and I'm so excited to see my people win. So this episode just, oof, it delights me. Don't worry about taking notes. If you go to depthandcandor.com, we have a downloadable document with each step listed for you there. You can go to resources, or you can even go on Morgan's page on depthandcandor.com, and you'll find it. Today's episode is brought to you by Libsyn. Libsyn is a podcast hosting platform, and I've partnered with them to give you two free months of access to their platform for free. So if you have a dream of starting a podcast, maybe that's your 2020 goal, you can use the promo code VIBRANT, all one word, to host your podcast for free for two months. Okay, now let's go to the episode. Morgan, do you think of wealth and wellness as kind of the same thing like for me I feel like the skills that you need to upgrade your mindset and the actual the day-to-day tasks and the way you go about doing them for both your financial goals or your career goals and your wellness goals to me they're both the same do you think about it in that way yeah it all goes back to the same shit right what do you mean so anytime we like with our wealth, anytime we purchase something or overbuy or with our health, anytime we overeat, we're always chasing a change in our emotional state. And we're, we're seeking some kind of comfort, some kind of relief from something that we're currently experiencing, right? And in order to change that, we always have to go deeper into our what we're dealing with or what emotions we're going through at that time. And what's required to improve our wealth and improve our wellness is the discipline and the commitment. Hmm. So one of the biggest moments where I've seen that in my own life is when I cut out snacking. And it's because every time I don't snack, I'm forced to face the thing that I 
am trying to avoid by snacking. Eating healthy doesn't have the same effect on me because I'm like, okay, it's a me- it's like mealtime, I'm eating, I don't think about it much more than that. But trying to restrict myself from snacking has really brought up discomfort and I've been forced to deal with that discomfort. In the same way when, I mean, I took a pay cut to go from working in marketing to working as a podcast producer and working for myself. And there's there's like very real discomfort that comes with that. How do you deal with that discomfort? Generally, if it's an emotional thing, I will just let myself feel the way that I want that I'm feeling and accept that and move on to the next thing. Once I've accepted it, I'm able to move past it. Um, I do distract myself generally with the next task um, or the next thing that I have to do. Do you think, do you feel that that's not dealing with the, with the actual problem? It depends. Like sometimes if I am, say I'm like feeling a certain type of way and I'm not ready to do what I need to do, I will distract myself with something less that requires less mental energy. So I'll fold laundry. So I'm still being kind of productive and feeling good about that moving forward in some way or another. But I'm also giving myself a chance to reflect on how I'm feeling and move past it. Yeah, that makes sense. So let's do a little year in review. 2019 has been a huge year for both of us. Um, I feel like I've gone through a huge career transformation where I went from saying I really want to work in podcasting and not really knowing how I was going to do that to actually being a podcast producer, working part time for myself and also being contracted to work with a production company. Tell us how you've transformed this year with both your wealth and your wellness. I would say with my wealth, I have transformed tremendously. I paid off my car starting out in January. I listened to and read some Dave Ramsey and just followed that advice. That was the only debt that I had. I paid off my school loans in 2018. I paid off my car and then I was aggressively, my boyfriend and I both were aggressively saving for a house, a down payment on a house. And we just pushed that money into a, an account that we didn't have access to. Um, and I purchased a house, which was a huge thing for me. Neither of my parents own a house and it's always been something that's for whatever reason, really intimidating to me. And I thought unattainable for a while. So I negotiated the price of my house and negotiated it down tens of thousands of dollars, purchased the house and have continued to save since. Um, so I would say it's been a great year financially. But um, also your wealth has been impacted or wealth in the in the sense that like, you know that you're heading towards a new career. That's a huge transformation. How did that come about? I was in a in the 75 hard challenge, like probably two thirds through. Um, so like 50 days into 100% focusing on myself and self improvement day is, in and day out, which is what the 75 day challenge is, right? Right. So I was, you know, exercising daily, eating well, reading self-development books, and really prioritizing myself and my time to be focused on the things that are most important to me. And I think doing that so consistently and so seriously, I was able to find what I was truly passionate about. And I had never really found that before. And I think 
I, I honestly think it came from focusing on myself and building my self-confidence that I was able to figure that out. How did that come about? Because I would think engineering is as far of a career from coaching as possible. So actually in sharing my 75 hard journey on Instagram, I got tons and tons of DMs about what are you doing? How did you come to this realization? I'm doing this. This isn't working. How can you help or can you help? And it started this like spiraling of me pointing people in the right direction or giving them tips on, you know, their diet or their mindset or the thoughts that they were having about things, things that I had just, you know, just experienced or worked through or that I was currently working through. And I started enjoying it. I, I made so many connections online and it just came natural. And our, my engineering is definitely far from coaching or life coaching um, as they come. But I'm in an engineering management position. And what I've realized recently is that leadership in general and in the role that I'm in currently, a lot of the same principles apply that would apply for coaching. Because it's about motivating people and getting them to believe in themselves. Right. To believe in themselves and to just influence them to to progress and to, you know, to achieve the things that they can achieve. Um, some people are really turned off by the term life coaching because they're like, no one knows enough to be an actual life coach. How mm -hmm. do you feel about that? Or how are you processing that? Or is it even a thing you think about? It isn't. Um, the people that I'm around regularly, they're like, what is a life coach? And I'm like, well, my specific area of expertise is or would be um, habit formation. And I, once I start getting into to the details, I'm kind of introducing them to that term. I haven't heard too many negative things about it. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting, I guess, when I do. Well, um, I think I hear about it a lot in New York where everyone at some point has hired a life coach yeah. and either seen results, but then also seen probably some people who maybe you shouldn't actually be a life coach <laughs> <laughs> and you landed in that role. But I'm really excited or I got really excited when you told me that that's what you wanted to do because in some ways you've been my life coach for a really long time. <laughs> Most of my biggest transformations have you involved in the story at one point or another, whether yeah. it's right before I made the decision or when I was trying to figure out how to make the decision. And one of those big moments was in 2013 or 2012 when I really was trying to lose weight but couldn't figure it out. And you told me, you were like, you gave me the tough love and I called being like, I'm doing everything and I just can't do it. And you were like, weight loss is calories in, calories out. So either you're doing that or you're not. And if you're doing that and you're not seeing results, there might be hormonal things that you need to explore. And the minute you said that, I was like, okay, like I should probably track my calories. <laughs> and I, I lost a bunch of weight. Um, so let's talk about the wellness piece of the wealth and wellness challenge and the wealth and wellness transformation that we've gone through. Over the past year, I've lost 20 pounds. 
and it's following this exact methodology that you told me years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. I just was able to focus on it much more clearly and consistently this year because to be honest, a lot of what influenced my commitment was therapy and just being in a room where someone was available to help me talk through the reasons why I might keep myself from actually achieving the things that I want to do and what I don't think I deserve and et cetera, et cetera. Like that really helped me recommit to the idea of if I want to lose weight, I can do it. And I've seen you transform really dramatically over the past year. So how have you changed in terms of your wellness? I started the year, the first half of the year, I was doing what I always did and I've done for a very long time, which is count calories and count macros and that sort of thing four or five times or four or five days out of the week. I would give it, you know, 80%. I would be working out maybe five times a week. I was showing up in the gym definitely pretty consistently, but I wasn't seeing the results that I wanted. I have, you know, an a semi-athletic build, but I always had this extra layer of body fat that I was like, I don't know why I can't get rid of this. I'm trying so hard in the gym. I'm meal prepping and, you know, sticking to my plan for four or five days out of the week. And then when I started the 75 hard challenge, which is, you know, zero cheats on your diet every single day, I realized that what I was missing before was the consistency So I would be great Monday through Thursday, Monday through Friday, and then just blow it on the weekends and just eat whatever because I was giving myself two days to eat whatever before Monday rolled around again. So I broke through completely new levels of performance in the gym and just on the scale, I I got down to like 16% body fat, which I'm not maintaining that currently, um, and that's a choice, but... I saw things in my body that I thought I couldn't achieve before. And that was all through consistency and just persisting through the plateaus in weight loss or body fat loss. Hmm. So as 2020 approaches, everyone is going to start talking about new year, new me. And... (laughs) 2020 is going to be my year, which to be honest with you, breaks my heart a little bit because to when I hear that phrase or those phrases, I see someone who's going to be disappointed on January 20th. You know, like mm-hmm. you, if you are, if you think that January 1st is going to change, and I really actually don't mean to shame people who have New Year's resolutions because I think it does work for some people where like a beginning like a January 1, 2020 is very motivating for them. And that's totally fine. But it is not a new you because it's a new year. You actually have to implement very real strategies to changing your behaviors. And you have done a lot of research on behavior change. So For someone that's saying, I want to change my life in 2020, what are the five steps that you would give them in order to actually change things? Let's start with step one. What's the very first thing that they need to do? The first thing I would do is reflect, and that would be reflecting on the past year. So what went well in 2019? What could have gone better? Mm -hmm. And 
also self-reflect. So the reflecting on the year, if you're looking at what went well, you're, you know, you're taking a moment for appreciating or you're taking a moment to appreciate the things that went well that were out of your control. And you're also looking at the things that you accomplished and understanding which behaviors you should continue into 2020 and build upon. When you look at what could have gone better, um, you may identify potential hurdles for your future goals and also understand behaviors or habits and the beliefs about yourself or about others that may be holding you back. The other part of the reflection would be on yourself and digging deeper into those beliefs and behaviors that have held you back. It's important, like you said, the new year, new me. It's important to know that achieving new things is going to require you to change. It's going to require you to change how you think, and it's going to require you to change how you act and what you do. You'll literally have to become a better version of yourself to achieve better things. Okay, so that's step one. Reflect on the year and on yourself over the course of the past year. Right. Step two. So the second step would be to set your goals and commit. Ask yourself, why am I doing this? It's important to have a strong why so that when the going gets tough or you're low on motivation, you have something to come back to, a why, something to push you forward when you need it. Um, and ask yourself, are you, am I willing to commit? Am I willing to fully commit to this? Am I realistically able to fully commit to this goal? Your goals need to be realistic. Let's dive a little bit deeper into this one. Would you encourage people to list all of their goals so that they can just get everything out on paper and then parse through them? Or would you recommend someone just focus on one goal for the year or two goals for the year? So I would say it's completely fine to list all your goals out. And then maybe that will help you prioritize um, which ones you should focus on. But I would say that you should only be focusing on a few maximum for the year at once. You don't want to overload yourself or overwhelm yourself um, from the very beginning. I think we get excited with new beginnings and think that we can conquer the world. Yeah. So this is a thing that happens with us in the Wealth and Wellness Challenge often, where when people come in, they have several goals and they want to change so many things over the course of 31 days because our challenge is for 31 days. And the conversation we always, always, always end up having kind of with everyone, unless you've done the challenge before, is, nope, you have too many goals. You need to you need to pare it down to like one or two things. And I'm saying that because I recently had a conversation with someone from the challenge who kind of was just like, we hadn't heard from her. So I reached out to say, hey, how are you? How are things going? And one of the things that came up in our conversation is that Usually, multiple goals are just distractions from the core of what you want to do. Stepping in with a short reminder that today's episode is brought to you by Libsyn. I love the platform because this is how I host and distribute my podcast. And I just upload it to Libsyn and it distributes it to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and several other platforms. If you'd like to try hosting your podcast on a platform, I genuinely recommend Libsyn. You can do it for free for two months using the promo code Vibrant. Okay, back to the episode. Okay, so step one is to reflect on your year. Step two is to list your goals and commit. And then step three is what? 
to break it down. So you would take your bigger goals and break them down into smaller chunks. So you're really creating an action plan. You will break your goals down into quarterly goals, monthly goals, weekly goals, daily goals, and what are the actions you're going to take daily to, to work towards your goal. So you, it's good to have small milestones along the way so that you're focusing on the process. Um, if you're trying to lose 100 pounds, it's kind of daunting because it's going to take a while to get there. So it's good to think about it in quarterly and have have check checkpoints where you check in with yourself and see how things are going and also celebrate those successes. So at this point, you'd be asking yourself, do you have the tools to, to accomplish your goals? Do you have the tools and resources? Is there anybody worth talking to? And how are you going to hold yourself accountable? So it's really creating an action plan, um, what you're going to do, the small, small actions, and the more specific they are, the better. And you also want to create a plan for failure. So there will inevitably be setbacks along the way. How will you respond to those setbacks? So you will have a misstep or you'll be interrupted. And it's you're more likely to bounce back if you say and have a plan. If you say to yourself, when this happens, I'm going to respond in this way. Mm-hmm. That makes total uh, sense to me. Right. And it's just it's worth accepting and it's it's been powerful for me to accept that I'm going to make mistakes and there it, it progress isn't linear. So understanding that on the front end that a stumble doesn't have to necessarily result in a complete fall or failure um, has been very helpful for me. One of the things that has stuck with me that you've taught me has been breaking down your day into quarters so that when mm-hmm. you fail, you don't say, okay, I ate a donut, it's over for the day. Instead, you're like, all right, we can get back on track second quarter of the day, um, yeah. which is so smart because it just helps you reframe how you think about time and how you think about getting back on track. Mm-hmm. So what's step four? Step four is to execute. So this is where you've, you've got your plan. You, you know what you're supposed to be doing on a daily basis. And it's just to go ahead and start doing those things. It's important to know that as you're going through it day after day, that your progress may not always be visible. And this is where you have to have that commitment to being consistent and practice patience. And what I've tried to tell myself is to win, win the majority of the time. So slow and steady wins the race. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Mm -hmm. This is just a step where you actually act. The execution piece is usually where we all stumble. Um, Mostly out of boredom, right? Or out of discomfort for when we start doing the thing we want to do. Once it stops being sexy, then we try to look for a way out. So what are your top tips on getting through the boredom, the monotony of actually doing the exact same thing over and over again until you see results? The number one thing that I do is remind myself that I will feel better after I do the thing. So 
I know that once I get that workout and even though I really don't want to do it, that I will feel better about myself. I will feel better physically. I'll sleep better. I know that I'll thank myself later. So I just have a little pep talk with myself and push through it. There's really no tricks. Um, it's just a matter of pushing through. There are, there are ways to have it stack so that you are putting something that you really don't want to do that you want to make a habit with something that you do want to do. So if I love reading, but I hate walking, then I can pair those two habits together so that I say after I walk for 20 minutes, I get to read for 15 minutes. Okay. So <laughs> what's step five? Step five after you're taking action would just be to reevaluate and raise the bar. So I don't mean to change things up constantly, but change things up if you need to. So it's just to continue to reevaluate where you are and reevaluate your, your progress. Um, and then raise the bar. So that just means to continue building on the habits that you have already built and push yourself more in the direction that you're trying to go. I really like this one because... I think what I found is I would start a habit and I'd do it for 31 days as part of the challenge. But then when the challenge was over, I would let loose and then I would start another habit the following month without actually making this one a part of my life, which is why I keep talking about snacking because that's the time when I find the biggest change in both my body and my mind because I'm forced 3 p.m. every day, <laughs> I'm forced to face myself and to face, like, is it boredom I'm feeling? Is it tiredness I'm feeling? Like, I have to learn to actually listen to my body instead of eating my way through it. Yeah, and I think I think what we often do is we will set a goal and say the goal is to participate in this fitness challenge, and then we get that goal and if we haven't been focusing on ourself and looking at why we're doing the certain things that we're doing and focused on our changing our identity and becoming the person that achieves those goals, then as soon as we accomplish something, we often revert right back to our previous habits, right? Yeah. So, and that's why I think it's so important to focus on your identity. Don't you know, focus on running a marathon, focus on becoming a runner. How did your identity shift from before, like, say, January 1st, 2019 versus now? Like, who did you want to be and who did you try to become and who have you become? You're probably going to laugh at this, but I was, I never associated myself or I never claimed to be a disciplined person. And now I would say I am a disciplined person and I'm becoming more disciplined in a good way or a self-serving way um, with time. I would say that I'm a consistent person that I can actually follow through on things when I'm not seeing any visible results or visible progress. I think I, I think more about how instead of accepting myself as a negative person or accepting myself as a patient, impatient person, I've started to understand that I can control a lot of my thoughts and that I'm in control of my thoughts. 
I always knew that to be something people said, but I never truly believed it for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and There's... I've proven to myself now where I actually believe that I can control my thoughts. There's an episode of Depth and Candor with um, Nikayla Matthews, who founded Side Hustle Pro. And her episode starts with her saying, um, you don't have to believe your thoughts and you can have thoughts, but you don't need to believe that that's who you are. And I thought that was so profound and such an interesting thing for someone to say. She wasn't on the show to talk about motivation or, you know, we always talk about mindset, but I really loved that that was a core part of what was helping her succeed in her business, like not letting the negative thoughts become run the show, essentially. Right. Yeah, because they're going to come up. They're definitely going to come up. And one of the visuals that I have from one of my readings is picture those thoughts in a balloon, a red balloon, and you've got the string to it. And you can continue to hold on to it or you can let it go. And I actually visualize when I'm having those thoughts and I need to move past them that they're in that balloon and I am releasing the balloon. Mm-hmm. And then he, the, the book that I'm referring to goes through different ways to visualize and sitting with those thoughts and letting them be without letting them consume you. And that's just the one that always stuck out to me. I love that. I love that. Um, you know, we all love steps and like we love a five point plan for doing something. But with time, we talked about distractions being part of the reason people don't execute or discomfort being part of the reason people don't execute. What are some of the practices that you've put in place for yourself? I know just from knowing you, I know that you journal every morning. I know that you read. What are some practices that you have in your life that help you stay consistent and that have helped you become this disciplined person? The first thing I do starting out my day is I get up early and why that's so important to me is that I found if I don't give myself a little bit of time to just myself in the morning, me and the dogs, I am more irritable. I'm quick to react to things and I haven't given myself a chance to wake up um, before I'm dealing with the world and, and people. So that's one thing that I always do. I always get up early and in that time that I'm up before everybody else, I journal What's I journal early is on average 5 a.m. Okay. Sometimes earlier. Um, So during that time, I journal. A lot of times I journal to my future self. I ask myself, what am I going to do today to serve my future self? If I know I have this stressful meeting coming up or this difficult conversation, I will tell myself how I'm going to behave or how I'm going to handle that. And I do that for maybe 10, 15 minutes. I review my schedule for the day. So I'm kind of prepared for what I'm getting myself into. I daily read. I found that reading self-development seems daunting at first. I always had the books and never actually got through a complete book. But I read 10 pages a day. So I think just reading a little bit so that it's attainable, but you're also still immersed in in the learnings or in the teachings of the book helps bring it to your the forefront of your mind if you're doing it daily so reading and journaling yeah cool so what are the top three books that have helped transform your year i'll give you four so 
The first one on mindset would be Feeling Good by Dr. David Burns. That book taught me so much about overcoming my moods and understanding why I feel the way that I do and how to do life, how to do your thought process and everything better. The Jealousy Cure is another one. Um, if you deal with any kind of jealous thoughts, that's the book that I was referring to with the red balloon. And then the two books that I would recommend for habits specifically, and I would highly recommend both of these books, are Better Than Before by Gretchen Rubin. It's a super easy and entertaining read, and she gives you all kinds of tips and best practices for building healthier habits. And then Atomic Habits by James Clear. Oh, I really want to get both of those. I've been saying I would get them, but I have a list of books that I need to get through first. James Clear's writing is very to the point. It's almost like you have to highlight every single sentence because it's like every single thing he says, I'm like blown away. But he's just, he breaks it down very simple for you and gives you tips on how to build healthier habits and how to get rid of the bad habits. That's awesome. Okay, Morgan, thank you so much for making time for this episode. Where can people find you online? I am on Instagram. My handle is at Morgan Courtney with a dot between the O and the R. That's M-O dot R-G-A-N-C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y. Oh, I hope you got as much out of this episode as I did. We will have each of the steps along with the books that Mo Morgan recommended on depthandcandor.com. You can also access them by checking out the show notes wherever you're listening to this episode. Now, I would love to hear from you. Did you love this episode? If you did, please leave a review on iTunes because that will help new people find this podcast. And if you want more from me, you can sign up for the newsletter at depthandcandor.com. And if you want to keep up with my shenanigans, I am depthandcandor on Instagram. The next time I talk to you will likely be in 2020. I hope your holidays are safe and full of fun. Until then, live vibrantly. Bye.